listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai, and today we're talking about feral cats. Look out, here comes my rant of the week. Do you even know what a feral cat is? No, I'm not talking about kitties that once had a home and got lost or dumped. Ferals are different. They live life on the wild side, lurking near city dumpsters or or other food sources like rural barns. These cats aren't tame. They haven't been around people. They don't want homes. And they gather in these cat communities called feral cat colonies that can become a neighborhood nuisance. They can become noisy reservoirs for disease and too often the solution includes extermination. Now I hope that gets your tail in a twist the way it does mine. Alley Cat Rescue is going to hold its second annual Free Feral Cat Spay Day on April 27, 2011. That's just right around the corner, folks. And this is to encourage the veterinary community and the public to end cat homelessness and to decrease shelters' euthanasia rates by practicing something called Trap Neuter Return, or TNR. My guest on the show today, Louise Holton, began her animal welfare career in the mid-1970s when she worked with the Johannesburg SPCA to trap, neuter, return feral cats. She later co-founded Alley Cat Allies in this country. That's a resource and an advocate for humane control of ferals using TNR. Currently, Alley Cat Allies has over 150,000 supporters. Now, in the year 2000, Louise went on to found Alley Cat Rescue, ACR, where she currently serves as the group's president. So settle down with your purr kitties, and we'll be right back with Louise Holton to learn all about ferals and free feral cat spay day on April 27th after these messages from our sponsor. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code PEEVES10, P-E-E-V-E-S, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop Shoebuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. 
ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code PEEVES, P-E-E-V-E-S, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join me as we feature interviews with best-selling pet-related authors, award-winning writers, journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. Today I'm talking with Louise Holton. She's a feral cat advocate and the founder and current president of Alley Cat Rescue. ACR serves as the nation's go-to resource for expertise on all aspects of feral cat issues. Now that's whether offering hands-on resources such as adoption services for unwanted cats or low-cost spay-neuter services. And even they have a local spay-neuter clinic for the ferals. ACR is about protecting all cats, domestic, stray, feral, and wild. And ACR has over a hundred thousand supporters. That's amazing. Welcome to the show, Louise. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's just my pleasure. And, and I want folks, I want listeners, first off, to, to know a little bit about you. What cats, what dogs do you have? What currently shares your heart? Uh, okay. Well, I, I usually surprise people with telling them I have two dogs because most people think I would only have cats, <laughs> but um, I do have two little dogs that I rescued from Mexico when we went there a couple of years ago to do a spay camp, and um, we brought back a, a few dogs and, and a cat from Mexico, <laughs> and I have the kitty, Tequila, that I brought back from Mexico. So I share my home with Bandit and Lily, and then, of course, I have, you know, a bunch of alley cats living in my house <laughs> um, and in my yard. I do, I have porch, what we call porch cats, they porch ferals. They have neighborhood strays who've become feral eventually and then they found out I have a food source out there so they congregate on wow. my porch every evening to come and look for food. <laughs> so that's sort of my household. <laughs> it sounds like a, just a furry menagerie and I wanted folks to know a little bit about the history 
of Alley Cat Rescue. How is ACR different than the other group you co-founded, Alley Cat Allies, or any other feral or cat advocacy groups? Right. Um, well, advocacy is, of course, very, very important. Uh, we do some, somewhat of that as well. And, um, and we do need the groups that do advocacy for animals. But I also wanted to do a lot more hands-on and rescue work. Um, Alley Cat Rescue is based in a, a working-class neighborhood, and um, that's where you do find a lot of feral cats and unwanted stray cats. So there's a lot of work right here in our neighborhood, and I wanted to continue doing that work. And so that's why I founded Alley Cat Rescue. We are a national resource for feral cats, um, but we also do very, very local hands-on work as well. We run a weekly spay-neuter clinic for low-income people. We run a weekly TNR clinic where we will trap, neuter, and return uh, feral cats for people who are feeding them. And, you know, they don't want the cats to breed. And then we run an adoption program as well. All right, for listeners, what is a feral cat? I may have misspoken a little bit there because, you know, stray cats can turn into ferals, but by definition, what is a feral cat and how are they different than a stray and why is there a feral cat problem? Okay, well, you, your explanation was pretty good. I mean, um, the cat is not really far removed from its um, ancestor, the African wildcat. Um, they can revert very easily back to the wild. Um, we haven't quite domesticated cats the way we have dogs. <clears throat> so cats that say are dumped by people who don't want them anymore or they stray away from their home for whatever reason, um, those, for the most part, those feral instincts do start to kick in. And um, they can, especially a mother cat, if an if a, if a unspayed female strays from home and becomes pregnant, for instance, she can find uh, eventually, hopefully, a dumpster or another feral cat colony where she will feel safe. And so she'll join that colony or she'll have her kittens at the dumpster. And if she has these kittens and no one sees them and no one touches them for the first six to ten weeks, those kittens really are little spitfires. They can become completely wild and those are kittens that we tell people, if you do see these cute little kittens, don't <laughs> go no. pick them up because they could bite. Um, you know, rather trap them. Get a trap and be safe. So those little kittens from a, from a very friendly domestic mother can become feral and, you know, eventually form this feral cat population. So, so the problem of feral cats is... These kitties that are out there that are reproducing and generations of cats, then, and you're just, the problem just continues to grow. Yes, yes. Cats are very prolific breeders. I mean, they can, they usually have two litters a year. Um, sometimes we hear stories of three litters a year, but, but on average it's two litters per year. And they can have four to six kittens in each litter. So well, if you don't do anything to stop that breeding, you can eventually have these very large colonies, you know, of 100 cats or 200 or, you know, and those are the, that's what we try to stop. We try to prevent those large colonies and well, sort of nip it in the bud and, and spay and neuter the cats 
um, before they form these large colonies. Well, I know that um, there's a lot of talk, of course, about being a responsible owner. You keep the cat inside that a cat that's allowed outside has a much shorter lifespan. Is Do you find that's true in these colonies? Um, you know, somewhat. Obviously, car accidents could be one of the major problems. But we found once you sterilize a colony of cats, they are, of course, so much healthier. And then they're not that inclined to wander away and go cross busy roads looking for food. Part of the reason the cats cross all these highways and roads are because they're looking for food or looking for mates. So if you provide a good food source, shelter, water, and stop the breeding, we've got feral cats living in our colonies that are now 13, 14 years old. Wow. So they can live as long as um, an indoor cat, practically, if they are well cared for. Well, what are some of the complaints, the problems that people talk about why they don't want ferals around, noise, disease. I mean, they bother my cats. They're out there and they're driving my indoor cats nuts. Yes. Again, I would say for the most part, it's the unsterilized colonies that can drive people crazy because those are the ones that the tomcats come and spray on your front porch. They get in fights so they'll fight all night over mates. Once you sterilize them, their health and their behavior does improve. Now, what we do at Alley Cat Rescue is we recommend, because uh, some of the, the problem is the smell from the, you know, cats using your garden. We have some tips for keeping cats out of your garden if you don't want them in your yard. Those are on our website. Oh, great. Um, which we'll give you at the end of the day. But I also encourage people to build an outdoor litter box. I have one right here in my own yard, um, just out of wood, and... Um, with no, it has no base. And I put fresh play sand in there, um, and I scoop it weekly. And I've done this in, at many colonies where neighbors have complained that the cats were messing up their yards. If you put such a litter box in your yard or in an area where feral cats live, I, I built one for an alley in Washington, D.C., right in the middle of the city one time. <laughs> and uh, the cats do use it. They prefer to use nice, clean, soft sand. And then just scoop it. Try to do everything you can if you, ha if you are managing a feral cat colony. Do everything you can not to annoy the neighbors. Not everybody likes cats. So you <laughs> have to realize we, we live in a, a world with, with other people. And we don't want our cats to be bothering other people. What are some of the efforts? I know that there have been massive extermination efforts, uh, poisoning, I mean, awful, awful things, or even people trapping and trying to adopt these kitties. Talk a little bit about the vacuum effect. What happens if you actually try to remove an entire colony? Okay, there are two sides to, to the story. One is island cats, and the other one is cats on continents. Now, on island, they have removed, they say, <laughs> all the cats. But like Marion Island, it took 16 years to remove 2,500 cats. Wow. Trying everything they could. First, they sprayed the feline, leuke uh, feline and leukopenia um, distemper, the st feline distemper virus across the island. Many of the cats, I think 35% of the cats became immune to that and started breeding again. Then they took in Jack Russell Terrier dogs. Then they tried shooting and poisoning. And 16 years later, they now say Marion Island is free of feral cats. 
Well, first, that, you know, <laughs> took a long time to just eliminate 2,500 cats. On a continent, it's not, it's impossible. I mean, you have all these cats around the periphery of the feral cat colonies, and the minute you remove that whole little colony, all these other cats are going to move back in. And Roger Tabor, a biologist from England, he coined the term the vacuum effect because they found in London, where TNR is huge, that the minute they did remove the cats many years ago before they did TNR, um, that's all that happened there. Other cats just formed new colonies and the breeding starts all over again. So really, doing TNR and leaving the colony in place prevents the colony from growing and other cats kind of moving in? Yes. I wouldn't say 100% because that's when we get attacked as well because someone will say to you, oh, well, I had a colony and, you know, three cats joined, that kind of thing. But, yes, so, so a few cats will join. Roger Tabor studied... Uh, a few biologists in England have studied these feral cat colonies. Roger Tabor found that it took one male cat who was trying to enter a colony, it took him a whole year yeah. to enter the colony and be accepted by the colony. He was persistent and he <laughs> kept trying to get in and eventually he did get in. So you see, it isn't all that easy for a new cat to enter, um, but eventually when they do, um, and if they do what we like, with feral cat caretakers is very, very watchful. They know their cats, they see all the cats they've done who are ear-tipped. So if any new cat does enter, they will be very persistent in getting that new cat and getting that cat fixed. Okay, well let's define for people, we're talking TNR. What exactly is TNR and why can't we tame these guys and let them become pets? Okay, TNR is trap neuter return. Again, it was an English term that was so commonly used there that we just brought over here to the U.S. and now it has been accepted. Um, it does, as an acceptable term, it does mean full management and full medical treatment. It means, uh, neuter means spay or neuter, vaccinate, deworm, deflee and ear tip. Cut off the tip left of the ear it's painless, it's done under anesthesia, and that's the easiest way to know that all your cats in your colony have been fixed. It also helps if the cat ever gets trapped or caught and goes to animal control. Most animal control agencies, whereas they may not accept TNR, they recognize the left ear tip, and they will try and find the caretaker and find out if the feral cat caretaker will take the cat back. So that's one good thing. <laughs> Why can't you tame a feral cat? Yes. People always come up to me when I go to conferences and they say, well, I have a feral cat I tamed. And sure, it's possible. <laughs> um, first, at Alley Cat Whiskey, we're dealing with numbers, with large numbers. Um, you know, maybe 40 cats in a colony. There's no way we can go out and trap those 40 cats and hope they can all find good homes, unless it's a barn home, perhaps, you know, where they just live in the barn to be mouses. Um, to bring a feral cat into your home, you have to really sort of be careful because if she's never been in a home before, my experience has been that they go pretty nuts to start off with and they climb the blinds and rip down your curtains because they're trying to escape. Or they hide under the bed. Sure. They just start happy. 
they're not happy. They're not happy. And um, eventually you'll find, if, if you feed in the porch cats like I do, after a few years they become so used to me. They do allow me to pet them while they're eating. But if I try to catch them or uh. do anything like that, heaven forbid, you know, they, they want to rip my face off. <laughs> okay, well, so folks. You have to be careful. I'm not saying you cannot tame a feral cat, but if you decide to go that route, just, you know, be very careful and treat this animal like a wild animal. In fact, in South Africa, where Ali Cat Rescue has a program for the African wildcat, we talk to uh, sanctuary people there who have African wildcats and who work with ferals too, and they claim the feral cats are wilder than the African oh. wildcats. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, folks, we are going to take a quick break so you and maybe your kitty can visit the kitty litter room, but don't go far. We'll be right back and talk about more Feral Cats TNR right after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Peeves, P-E-E-V-E-S, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to floorup.com and use the code PEEVES12 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com, code word P-E-E-V-E-S and the number 12. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website PetLifeRadio.com. Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back and speaking with Louise Holton of Alley Cat Rescue. Now, over the years, Louise has sterilized over 22,000 cats and found homes for over 2,500. She's directly helped cats in the United States, in Mexico, and in South Africa. Louise has won several awards, including the Animal Kingdom Kindred Spirit Award and Animal Champion Pin from the Doris Day Animal Foundation. She's also the co-editor of the award-winning ACR newsletter, Cat Muse. Louise shares her home in Brentwood, Maryland with Lily and Bandit, two dogs she rescued from Mexico and a few of her rescued port cats. (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Louise. Now, you, I started out the program saying that ACR is promoting its second annual Free Feral Cat Spay Day on April 27th. How did that come about? Tell us about this. It's the second time around. What is this program? Well, um, we were thinking that it would be a good idea to get more veterinarians involved. Obviously, we don't work in a vacuum with feral cats. We very, very much need and love our veterinarians who help us. And um, we decided to try and get more veterinarians involved because a lot of veterinarians have never dealt with feral cats and perhaps they may be a little afraid to have them in their clinics. And if you don't deal with them properly, even as experienced as veterinarians are, um, you know, the cats can do some damage in the clinic, which we've had happen in our very own clinic when a, a cat may This was in the early days when we started working with them, and a feral escapes and knocks over all the shelves of medicine and stuff like that. So we have a fact sheet for veterinarians who want to help feral cats and have never helped them before, and we sent out a plea to the vets in America and we got a wonderful response. Um, we have, I don't have the numbers right in front of me now, but about 150 veterinary clinics from 17 states Wow! joined in our first year. And um, some of the vets did amazing things. We asked them to do two ferals for free, and some of them did lots. They sort of closed the whole clinic that day and just did feral cats. So we're running it again this year, and so far... Again, we have almost 200 new veterinarians responding. Fantastic. Isn't it wonderful? Uh, And, you know, we do realize vets obviously can't work for free, (laughs) but we just asked to do two free feral cat spays. And in that way, um, you know, hopefully they'll get more business and more caretakers will know where to take um, their ferals if they do need ferals done in those different states. So people can actually go and speak with their veterinarians about this program and say, hey, you know, I've never known what to do with pet ferals, but if you'll partner with me, we can, we can make a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love them to do that. And they can go to our website, which is www.saveacatoneword.org, and they will be able to even sign up their veterinarian um, we have a sign-up sheet on our website where their vet can uh, participate. And um, we just think it's a great way for vets to help their local communities. 
you know, this is a community problem. I mean, it's not our problem. It's not the feral cat people, really, who in any way have caused the problem. You know, other people have been irresponsible pet owners and allowed their pets to wander and get lost to start these colonies. And so it's a way for all of us to get together and help these communities with their feral cat problem. Well, is it important then for people that have ferals in their community or have these community cats? I've heard some people, like the porch cats you're talking about, I've heard that term used also. Why is it important to get a buy-in from officials and from veterinarians? Can people just take on the task themselves or is it more important to get a community effort going? I mean, you can do it all on your own if you want and there are people who do just that. But on the other hand, it is a community problem and I think the best thing you could do is get your whole community involved. Um, You know, the the taxpayer for the most part is not paying for all the trapping and sterilization of these ferals out there. It's the individual person. Um, There's a whole huge group. In fact, we're going to write about this for our next newsletter. There are all these unsung heroes Men, women, professionals, little old cat ladies, (laughs) they go out, you know, at night to feed all these colonies and try and trap them and take care of them. And it should be more of a communal effort, I think, in my opinion. Um, And then we can all work together and get more of these cats um, sterilized. Well, I know some people will say, I have a local shelter, isn't that animal control's job? Why? I'm, I'm paying taxes. That's part of their job. Why aren't they doing this? They, for the most part, are pretty overwhelmed with just the daily intake of stray cats and stray dogs that come into their facilities. So most of them really don't have the time or the money to to work on going out trapping and, and euthanizing um, all these feral cats. So in that way, we are, you know, helping our own local shelters. In fact, I have a quote here, which I, I just cannot see right now, from some shelter... Uh, animal shelter who was very, very grateful for their local people doing TNR and um, said that they don't have the resources to go out and trap and kill all the feral cats and it's just so much more helpful to them and, and uh, a taxpayer, uh, you know, saving of taxpayers' money with these individual groups or people actually taking on that project for them. I think that's often a really good way to to approach and enlist the aid of local governments or council members to help. This is a cost-saving measure that benefits the community, and also it's, you know, it's just the right thing to do. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, that's what I, what I think as well. I mean, it's, a, it's the right thing to do. It's humane. It's using non-lethal methods. And, um, you know, and, and you talked about um, public health. Uh, Again, once these cats have been sterilized and vaccinated, they form a a good, you know, like a buffer zone even between the wildlife and humans as far as rabies are concerned because they all get uh, a rabies shot. And then later down the line, once you start feeding them, they become a little bit tamer. So it is easier down the line years later to to retrap and get them updated on on rabies. Um, So, you know, that's... It's just, I, I just think it's a win-win for everyone. Well, what resources does Alley Cat Rescue offer? I mean, there may be some folks listening that suddenly realize, hey, you know, I bet that I've got a feral cat colony out there, but I don't know how to get started. Okay, well, first we have what we call 
our cat action teams and they're all listed on our website so a person could go to that section of our website and click on their state and see if if we have any people in their state who are already experienced at doing this so we firstly try to work locally because then they can go to that group and borrow traps find a veterinarian who will help if we don't have anyone near where you live then you can call the office and um, we have a lot of information on just how how to help we have a fact sheet on what to do that's on our website actually how to get started what to do you know trapping um, we have a, a vet fact sheet as I say but you know you can all call our office email our office you can email our office through our website and we're very happy to help anyone who wants to get started well I know that Alley Cat Rescue has been awarded the Independent Charities of America's Best in America seal of approval. So listeners out there, if you aren't able to help in your community, but you think that you want to help, think about supporting ACR or other organizations that do the work of the angels on our cat's behalf. And I will put the uh, information about Alley Cat Rescue, www.saveacat.org, on the uh, guest page of this radio show, so you can dial that up, and we'll get that information out. Louise, is there anything that I have failed to ask you that uh, is really important you want listeners to know? I don't think so, Amy. I think you were very thorough. We're out of time, but I would like to thank my guest, Louise Holton, and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. Tune in next week on Pet Peeves with Pet Life Radio to hear more about what hisses you off. You can also email me suggestions by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. For free behavior and care tips, check out the Pet Peeves newsletter available from Shajai.com. The next time you see a furry waif at the dumpster or that clowder of kitties behind Uncle John's barn, maybe you can make a difference. Alley Cat Rescue offers resources to help the ferals in your community. After all, these are kissing cousins of that purring feline that shares your pillow. Besides, you don't want them to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.